Today's special because, first of all, I'm not preaching. Oh, 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 I'm not preaching. Oh, thank you, Gene. I'm not preaching today, and so I know you guys are very upset. Yeah, someone came all the way to hear me. You'll just have to come back next week. I'm not preaching today. But um, I don't know if you guys know one of our um, missionaries that we support, Nino, who's been here a couple of times, um, called me um, maybe a couple months ago, and he told me of uh, one of his apprentices, that <laughs> someone that's been working with him in the ministry, and he told me about his heart. And um, I talked to Micah a little bit, and I invited him to come out and just share what's going on with him. Um, but um, just a young man, and his wife Taylor is pregnant. Yes, so that's exciting. Hopefully I didn't uh, break any news that wasn't supposed to be told. But, um, but yeah, so uh, just a great couple. Uh, he's going to come and share, and I think Taylor might share a little bit too. And so could we just give them a Taylor Christian welcome. Awesome. Thank you, Pastor Evan, for having us. Like, I, like he said, like we've been waiting for a couple months to come out and visit you guys and be here for Taylor's namesake. You know, this is awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, so we've been at the University of Michigan for the past four years as staff. But before that, I was at the University of Michigan as a student uh, for four years as well, getting my undergraduate degree. So, uh, but we're not here to talk about University of Michigan. They'll go blue forever and always. Come on. Man, we've been, okay, we've been in like Spartan country the past few weeks. It's so good to hear lots of, lots of Wolverines, but, uh, but we're, we're here to tell you guys about our, our new ministry opportunity that we're embarking on in this new season and, uh, and to tell you guys more about it. We have a little video about the city uh, that we're going to, and then Taylor's going to share a little bit about our heart. Little, she's 15. She took all this footage and these pictures. I was like, the sun is out in Ukraine. That never happened when I did a term there. Um, so that, you know, that looks very nice and beautiful, which it is. Um, even though it's a very, the country's struggling. There's a lot of poverty. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where we get to go. And we're very excited. Um, yes, I am pregnant. Surprise. I'm winded um, just because it's the way it is right now. <laughs> 31 weeks. So pray for us, for me in this summer, um, that I don't strangle Micah in my stress. <laughs> yeah, so Ezra Robert coming August 28th. I'm very excited. It's our first one. So, yeah. I know we wore a lot of pink today. I was like, we're really going to throw people off with our color palette, but it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I served an MA term as a single gal um, from 2016 to 2018 in the capital of Ukraine, Kyiv, and I worked with international students at our international church. Um, majority of the international students were Ukrainian, which is honestly our heart to go back to Ukraine and reach Ukrainians to train, equip, empower them to welcome international students into their country. Um, Odessa's largely multicultural. Even from the beginning of the day of Odessa, there were many people from nations outside of Ukraine that came to this port city. Um, and so we are excited to join a church plant in Odessa and help lead the university ministry. Um, Micah will tell more about what we did at U of M Chi Alpha, but 
we see now that the training that we gained from U of M, we get to use pieces of that in Ukraine and reach Turkish, Indian, Chinese, people who are misplaced from their home country, um, which I once was, so I get it in a, in a way, and bring them into our ministry center, offer them some coffee, English lessons, Bible study. Like, this center is going to be legit. There's going to be so many different things. Like, we need people to come help us. Um, so if you're interested in any of that, come on over. Um, truly, come over. <laughs> so, yeah, we are just excited to go. It's a project that's just starting. We don't really know how we're going to pull this off. Um, our team leaders are already in Odessa and have found a space to rent, you know, getting chairs, just the basics. But um, it is like a gold mine. Mine gold mine in Odessa, and we're ready to reach out to these students and uh, welcoming them into our family, into Mosaic Community Center. So, did I cover the grounds? Is that good? Prego brain. I should make notes, but anyway, thank you for having us. Uh, we're excited to be with you, and Micah gets the honor of sharing the word of God today. So, Awesome. Thanks, Taylor. Very cool. Like she said, we've got uh, we've got a table in the back, and there's some connect cards in there. If you want to come serve on like a short-term team, or maybe give like one year, two year. That's how we got into world missions. Was we uh, what we call in Chi Alpha, give a year, pray about a lifetime. Uh, and so, and that opportunity is open for everybody, not just college students. Uh, so. Uh, feel free to follow up with us back there. Even if you just want our newsletter, uh, we got sign-up forms in the back for that. Uh, so let's pray, and then we're going to get into the Word this morning. Um, yeah, I just need need a help from the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> um, Lord, we just give you this morning. Lord, as, as we sang, we, we live to worship you. God, that, that worship doesn't end because the music stopped or because feelings aren't high or, or this and that. But, Lord, our lives are worship and an offering unto you, Jesus. And so this morning, I pray you would speak to us through your word. God, may I decrease in myself and may you increase in me this morning as I share this word on my heart from your, from your gospel. And we just pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Go ahead turn with me to Luke 9. Verse 57. I have it bookmarked, but apparently I can still struggle if I don't get that open first. So um, my sermon title, I've got a little little PowerPoint here just with some notes. If you guys are the note, note-taking type, it's, uh, my sermon title is called Decision Time. And uh, I call it that because we're, we're at a point in Jesus' ministry where, where he has a big following. Uh, it's not just the 12, as we so famously know, but, uh, but, but there's truly quite a crowd of people around Jesus. He's fed the 5,000. He's done some incredible works and wonders. And there's plenty of people who are following him for what he can do and not necessarily for who he is. And so Jesus, kind of in this, in this conversation with the crowd, uh, he, he presents three opportunities, three uh, possibilities of what it could be like if we follow him. And they're not super easy. 
but it's time to make a decision. And so Jesus presents these three outcomes to three would-be followers of Christ. So let's read verses 57 through 62. I'm reading in the NASB. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, follow me. And he, but he said, this man, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But he said to him, allow the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first permit me to say goodbye to those at home. But Jesus said to him, no one, after putting his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. So there comes a time in in all of our lives where we are presented with this decision. Do we follow Christ or do we follow fill in the blank? And as, as Jesus said, there's, there's three men here, or as, as, as Jesus addressed, uh, and each one of them had some hindrance to following Christ. So let's, let's take a look at these men. The first one, upon seeing this man's heart, Jesus sees that in this man, uh, he, he values comfort. Uh, now, the, the accountant Matthew teaches us that this, this first man who approaches him is a scribe. And so scribes, are, are there any lawyers out there today? Good, I can make some lawyer jokes. Okay, um, no, I'm kidding. Um, but 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 truly, the, the the closest equivalent in ancient Jewish culture would be to a lawyer. The the scribe was there to officiate certain ceremonies, to write up documents between people, to to be stu- students of the Old Testament, to be students of the law, and then the and then the the Pharisaical additions that, that were added. So they, they knew this up and down, but because of that, they're, they're in a position of high authority. They're in a position of comfort, and Jesus sees that. Uh, but, but more importantly, he sees into his heart as well, and, and he doesn't deny that this man could follow him, but what does he say instead? The foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Basically saying, you may follow me, but where I go, it will not always be easy. And what I do, it will not always be comfortable. If we follow Jesus, it may force us to be uncomfortable. That's point number one there. So the second man, first of all, it is what we should note. It is Christ who calls him. It is not, it is not the man who says, I'll follow you wherever you go, as the first man did. But, but, but Jesus calls to this man and says, follow me. And upon hearing the call, this, this man kind of gives this excuse that seems reasonable. Let me bury my father. Well, from what we can tell in, in ancient Near Eastern practices, his father wasn't dead yet. But his father may have been elderly and maybe needed some extra care. And, and it was his opportunity as the son to go and take care of the estate and then, you know, put all things in order and then bury his father, perform the ceremony, and then come and follow Jesus. That was his thinking. So it wasn't that this man had, his father had died, and Jesus was like, hey, mm-mm. Um, but, but he said, let me wait until my father dies. And Jesus doesn't accept that. He, he basically says, let the spiritually dead 
wait around, giving excuses of this isn't the right time, or if I can just do this first, then I'll follow you, Jesus. As you can imagine, we, we heard this a lot at the University of Michigan. Uh, there's just very driven students at U of M, and I was in the music school. Lots of very accomplished people who had lots to do. I mean, they were busy people, but, but so often we would, I mean, even just to invite them to a core group, a, a small group, we would just hear all kinds of, oh, you know, I got, I got my jury coming up. I really need to practice, and jury was in like two months, and you're like, Come on, dude. Uh, or, or there's somebody who's like, hey, I got finals or, or uh, midterms this coming season. Please let me just study first. Or, hey, I'm going to, we, we heard this a lot, I'm going to finish my degree and then I'll, I'll find a church or I'll find, you know, something to get me plugged in. And uh, as, as we were, you know, honoring our, our graduate, is it Jay? Jay? Yeah, Jay. Man, the, the, the words of your, your youth pastor are just so true. You're at such an advantage if you prioritize Christ coming into college, leaving high school, you're at such an advantage for the rest of your life. And I'll tell you about my story and how that affected me. But if we follow Jesus, this is point number two, it may force us to be inconvenienced. The only truly convenient time to follow God and to follow his teachings is in eternity. There's, there's really not a convenient time to obey the words of Christ. There is so much convenience and comfort that comes with following ourselves, comes with following the flesh. But that doesn't mean that we should never respond to that call Christ has upon our lives. In Matthew 16, Jesus says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. There's a uh, revivalist from New Zealand who I've, I've taken to. He's got a goofy name. His name is Winky Prattney. And, uh, no, Winky. I don't, anyway. Um, <laughs> but, but I love Winky Prattney. He's this, he's this, this fireball New Zealand guy, New, New Zealous, New Zealander. And, uh, and he puts it like this. He's like, Christ might as well have said, pick up your electric chair and follow me. That's the modern equivalent. Pick up your lethal injection and follow me. The cross was a sign of execution. You know, and, and we, we hang it hang it in our churches, which is, I mean, it's, it's true. Christ bid thee come and die. You know, we, we must die to ourselves, but, but it is not easy. You know, we, we sometimes will take the cross lightly. It is not something to be taken lightly. Christ bid thee come and die, but the good news is he doesn't leave us dead, and he resurrects us and brings us into new life with him. But dying to yourself is not comfortable, and is surely not convenient. And yet, the call of Christ remains, and he says to this man, as for you, proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Follow me. To our third and and final would-be follower of Christ, this, this is a tough one for me, because from what we can tell, it maybe wouldn't have taken long. This could be his home village. It could be, you know, the village next door. And, and he could just be like, hey, give me five minutes, <laughs> and I'm going to say goodbye, and then, and then I'll come follow you. And, and Christ takes it as a teaching moment, probably to kind of sift through the crowd of those who are following him for who he is versus what he can do. And, uh, and, he, and he basically says, those who look back and are too focused on what they are leaving behind for my sake will never be able to look forward to what I am calling them to do. 
if we follow Jesus, it may force us to leave behind all we know and all we once were. A young man came into our Chi Alpha um, before my time as a student there, actually, and he was a frat boy, uh, living the U of M dream. He was a partier. He was an excellent student. Um, I know that sounds like those don't go together, but that's pretty normal at U of M. And, uh, but but he, was, he was a party goer. He was a drinker. And uh, he heard the call of Christ on his life uh, during his, one of his first years at U of M and began to follow Jesus. And, and he began to see his life transformed, even, even while he lived in the same frat house that, that he had first started attending. He, he led a small group. And, and he saw as his, as his frat brothers soon started leaving behind their party scene and, and following Christ and, and joining his small group and being involved still in the world, but being separate and apart from the world. But, but he didn't stop there. He, he was an excellent speaker. He was going into political science. He was a talented student, like I mentioned. And he could have become anything he set his mind to. And, and people were saying, man, <laughs> look what Jason could have been. Oops, I'm sorry. I said his name. Um, <laughs> whoops. Um, scratch that from the record. But he looked behind all of that to the race set before him in Christ. And, and he actually said, I'm going to say yes to God and no to my preferences. And to this day, this young man is leading people to Christ in East Africa amongst one of the most unreached people groups in the world. In the words of the classic hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back. No turning back the cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. Christ presents each of us with this decision as he presented to these three would-be followers. A little bit of my story, as as I mentioned, I went to the University of Michigan. I came from the church I'm from Phoenix, Arizona originally, Uh, and so I was raised in the church, and uh, Towards the end of my time in high school, I, I began to prioritize my career in music. I wanted to be an orchestral trombone player. Now, how many of you knew you can get paid to go to university for playing a piece of metal? Like, it's not, not something we all do, but um, that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play trombone professionally. And uh, so I, I go to the University of Michigan, and, and really before my time there, I, I began to, to drift away from Christ. I began to fall away from my relationship with God, and, and, and really, I felt on top of the world coming into U of M. I was the number one rated trombone player in the state of Arizona, and I felt like I could just conquer the country. Like I, was, I, I felt I was number one in the world, and uh, as many students at U of M find out, you're not that good. <laughs> you're, you're not that smart. You're not, sorry, sorry, Jay, I, I don't need this. On. <laughs> Welcome to college. Um, but but I, I began to realize, like, my whole identity is rooted in this accomplishment, and I've, I've abandoned Christ for this, and now it's nothing. And so, so about a month into college, I, I really was faced with that decision. Will I just continue and dig into this? Or will I follow Christ? And, and fortunately, through the grace of God, I found Chi Alpha, uh, H2O Campus Church, where Pastor Nino pastors. And, um, and, and I, just, I just got plugged in, and I just, I just said, you know what? I'm going to give this whole thing a shot. 
one more time. And, and there at Chi Alpha, I found a family. I found people who truly cared. I was a part of a, a really, really big church in Arizona. And uh, I, I felt like a number there, but I felt like a brother in Chi Alpha. I felt like a, a sibling, a son I was taken care of. And, and through that, God transformed my life through, through a relationship with, with mentors who could walk me through my faith and, and a deeper relationship with Christ. My life changed forever through my time in Chi Alpha. As the three would-be followers of Christ prove, there are many excuses and reasons we could give not to follow him. I, I, for one, I have given some of them. But one excuse and one reason that should never be acceptable to us as Christians and should never be, uh, should be considered a great injustice to us is I never knew Christ was even available. I never even knew Christ was an option. I didn't recognize his voice because I didn't know his voice to begin with. I was given that choice to follow Christ in college, but, but as we look out across the world, there are over 2 billion people who don't have one Christian friend. There is not a church that you can just drive down to. There's, there's not options. Sometimes we get really picky with denominations and, oh, I prefer this style over this. And, and even in the Assemblies of God, we can, but there isn't that. And, and it, hundreds of places across the world, hundreds of, uh, of different towns and cities, there is not an option of Christ. It's not about lostness in these areas, but it's about access. Romans ten fourteen through 15 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are sent? And later, Paul goes on to say, faith comes then through hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. In Ukraine, we have, we have two different types of people. The, the first kind I kind of identify with, they're, they're raised in Eastern Orthodoxy. They're raised in, in religion and practices and tradition. Uh, and so they maybe have heard of Christ, just as I had coming into college, but hadn't realized that the, the depth of the relationship that is available to them, and then many of them are seeing that orthodoxy has failed Ukraine. There's there's been so much hurt and brokenness in that country, and they and many young college students are leaving the faith altogether, and they're they're diving into uh, secular humanism, into atheism, and to and many ideas that we see happening in Western Europe. It's starting to spread even into Orthodox Ukraine, and they're at a decision point coming to college where will I leave the faith of my fathers or, or will I press in and see if there's something more? And so for thousands others in, in Odessa, they are coming from regions that have never even heard or known the name of Jesus. I spent a year in Sri Lanka and 99% of the country of Sri Lanka do not follow Jesus. And right next to Sri Lanka is the giant that is India. India even more so, with over a billion people, even less access to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and these Indian students, along with Turkish Muslim students, along with, with Chinese atheist students, are coming in boatloads to Odessa, Ukraine. They have, been, they have been buried amongst ideologies and religious systems like Islam for years, for their whole life, and have never even known Jesus is an option. 
And so that's why we go. It's for these two people we go to Ukraine to, to reach the Ukrainians who are, are at a decision point and to give a decision to those who have never had a decision. But how can you respond right here in Taylor, Michigan? Not, not everybody is going to Ukraine, and that's okay. But I firmly, I'm a firm believer that the call of Christ is universal. Proclaim the kingdom of God everywhere you go. Make disciples of all nations. That is a universal call that Jesus has given to each of us as followers of him. It is not universal, however, in how we do that. While the call itself may be absolutely total across all believers, how we do it is not. I prefer to look at it as calling and assignment. And so our calling altogether as the church is to make disciples. Our assignment is to be a lawyer. Our assignment is to be a college student. Our assignment is to be a businessman, to to be a missionary. Whatever it may be, we are assigned in different positions across the world to make Christ known where we're at. And so we should all respond yes to Jesus in that. And so first of all, there's three ways we can respond right here, right now, today. First of all, say yes. Say yes to God, yes to Jesus, and no to the world. Give no excuses, but say, I will follow you. I will seek first your kingdom, God. Say yes to his voice as we're out in our daily, uh, just walking around, be listening to him, be obedient to him, and follow him everywhere we go. Number two, familiarize those around you to the voice of Christ. Do you, as, as a Christian, do you look like Jesus? Do you sound like Jesus? Do you act like Jesus? When we live our lives in complete surrender to God, opening up our lives to the, to the Holy Spirit and, and his changing power, we begin to look more like Christ and less like ourselves. And so we can give people around us the chance to say yes we can give people in our schools, people in our, in our communities, the opportunity to accept Jesus as their Savior, to say yes to the, follow, to, the, to the call of Christ to follow him. Don't leave it up to Pastor Evan. Don't leave it up to church staff and church volunteers. This is something we can all take part in together as the body of Christ to make him known in our day-to-day and maybe uncomfortable at first or, or inconvenient, but as we step out, that is hardly a great cost for the opportunity to see people coming to faith in Jesus. And number three, create access to the gospel across the world. Pray for the world. Pray for missionaries. Pray for laborers to be raised in the harvest. I can say uh, from my time in Sri Lanka, there were days when you're, you're riding in a, in a, we call them tuk-tuks, and you're just driving through, and like a bus just comes like right in front of you, and you're like, I should have died. <laughs> I absolutely should be dead right now. Someone in America was lifting me up in prayer today. Someone in America was praying for me, and because of that, God moved in a way, or, or I had this conversation with a, a taxi driver 
And I knew someone's praying for me today because I should not have had that conversation. That conversation should not have led to Jesus the way it did. He was inviting me to like clubs and parties and stuff. And and somehow we got talking about Jesus. Someone was praying for me that day. And so I, I would encourage you, Taylor Christian, pray for your missionaries. Prayer works. It's not just sending vibes between one person and another. It is, it is talking to the living God, and in response, he answers, and he responds. And, and secondly, give to missions. Give to, to the missions fund at your church. Support local missionaries. This isn't just a, a little plug for myself, though. Yes, um, <laughs> but, but truly, I would love to see every church, every person supporting missions, supporting missionaries, sending people to make Christ known to the utter reaches of the world. To reword Romans ten fifteen, Blessed are the feet of those who bring the good news of the gospel, but how will they go if they are not sent? Remove barriers for missionaries to bring the gospel to where they need to go. And that comes in prayer, that comes in giving, that comes in supporting missionaries uh, in friendship, following their newsletter, being, staying up to date with them. That helps us to be able to go. You know, it's, 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 mo- it's not necessarily sponsorship. Uh, you're not sponsoring the mission, but you're really truly partnering in, in missions with that. It's, it's as if there was a kid who fell down a well and someone says, I need to go get that kid. I need, to, I need to go into the well, but there's no way up. Will someone hold me down? And, and so the community comes, and they, they tie a rope around this person, and, and they lower him down into the well. You guys are the community that is holding us up. You are the community lowering us into the utter reaches of the world. And through that, you're taking part in bringing the gospel everywhere around the world. Will you be that church? Taylor Assembly, or Taylor Christian Church, sorry. <laughs> Will you be that church? I encourage you today. Uh, let's, let's pray, and uh, let's receive this and respond to this. God, we are thankful you call us. Lord, you are, you are not a passive God who would just sit and wait for us to accept you or to, to invite you, but Lord, you beckon to us. You call to us, Lord, follow me. And so, Lord Jesus, I pray right now this morning, every person in here would say, yes, God, I will follow you wherever you go. I will not give any reason not to. I will not give any excuse not to, Lord Jesus, but I will follow you. I will make you known here in Taylor. I will make you known in the utter reaches of the world. God, I pray every person commit to that, Lord Jesus, that every person would live their lives actively serving you, blessing you, and being a part of your great commission, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would, you would bless this church in their, in their outreaches coming up in the community, that they would have this in mind, Lord Jesus. They would be intentional with how they speak with their friends and family invited uh, to these events, to Waffle Day, and to all these awesome things, Lord. And I just pray that your hand would be upon them, that your spirit would be with them as they proclaim your name in this community. And God, that they would forever make an imprint into eternity for the lost in Taylor, in Ukraine, 
and in all the world. We thank you, Lord, for them. We thank you for this time in your word this morning. And we give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, Micah. Thank you. Can we give him a... I'm actually going to put you on the spot. Hold on one minute. Okay. So um, so he, uh, Micah called me, like, maybe, was it two months ago? Maybe? A couple months ago? And um, so would you share with them what you shared with me about how when you talked to the missionary over there about how he... He was like, you asked, like you're talking, and he's like, hey, um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's cool. I think that's powerful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Taylor and I, actually, funny story, we had told Nino, like, hey, we're on for another five years. I didn't talk to my wife about that. So husbands, talk to your wives before you commit to something for five years. Um, and so, but but I had I had told Pastor Nino, like, hey, I'm, I'm in for the next five so years, and and at that time, we, we had some friends who were in Odessa. They're the team leaders that we're going to go serve with now. And uh, we had hosted them. And, and as, we, as we hosted them, we prayed for them. And we're just like, hey, what, what do you guys need prayer for? And they're just like, we are praying for people like you guys, like young people to come live with Ukrainians, learn Russian, you know, be a Ukrainian there, but, but be able to be a part of our ministry, share the gospel, and reach university students. We're like, cool. That's not us. Uh, let's pray for that. And, uh, and as we prayed, like we just felt this gentle nudge from the Holy Spirit. What if you're the answer to that prayer? And so then a, a year went by before, before Taylor was meeting with Wendy again, our, our team leader there. And, and, um, and she just, you know, heard over and over Wendy kind of recruiting these college students. We're at a college ministry a convention in, in Milwaukee, and we just keep hearing her, like, give this plug, give this plug, and, it, and Taylor's heart just kept on, what if, what if, what if, and so she comes to me, like, at the end of the conference, and she's like, I think, I think we're going to Ukraine, and I was like, oh boy, I gotta pray about this, <laughs> and, uh, and sure enough, we just heard nothing but confirmation, the, the, what they are wanting to do in Ukraine is literally the thing that Taylor and I were like, that would be our dream ministry. Uh, that would be like the actual goal to get to leading a ministry center to collect the community, run a coffee shop out of that, do language classes, do all kinds of stuff, and run a college ministry to reach university students. In my time in Sri Lanka, I felt an impression from the Lord, just you were called to reach university students to, to help them get to the point where you got, you know, to be able to give them that, that same option of Christ. I'm calling you to do that for university students for the rest of your life. So, yeah, that was our, that was our calling. It doesn't look like that for everybody. Uh, it could be someone saying, hey, come to Ukraine. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Would anyone like to go to the Ukraine? Raise your hand. Uh, uh, oh, okay. Okay. No. So, no, but I think that's really cool that um, I think sometimes that's how God works. Like when we pray and we suddenly realize that, we are the answer to our own prayers. You know, it's like um, when God places something on your heart, and and then I think the next step is, like, are we willing to be obedient to, to step out in faith? So you just made the commitment to Nino, I'm going to be here for the next five years. Like, this is what I know, this is what I do. I'm going to hang out with you for the next five years. But yet, like, you were obedient and, like, listening to your wife and listening to the Lord and being obedient to his call you know, is, um, 
the Lord will reward you on your journey, I know, and I know he's going to bless you, and there's nothing greater than following God's calling on your life, even though it's the unknown right now. So, um, Taylor, can you come up too, and we would like to pray for you guys um, as a body. And who's here from the board today? Uh, can, can you guys come up as well? And would anyone else like to come up and pray for this family real quick? Uh, we just want to bless them and thank them for coming out. And thank, thank you for being obedient to the call of, of the Lord on your life and stepping out and going places that a lot of people wouldn't, a lot of pl- places that a lot of people wouldn't go. And, and you're having a baby and stepping out in faith, it's like, man, um, I just really sense that the Lord's going to use this season for you to reach people to change lives and to do things amazing for the kingdom of God. So let's pray for you. Lord, I just thank you so much for Micah and I thank you for Taylor, Father. I just pray for your supernatural and divine leading in their life, God. They're stepping out in faith. They're stepping out into the, into the unknown. They're going to a new place, a new ministry. And God, I just pray that you'll lead them every step of the way. We just pray for protection as they go there, we pray your hedge of protection around them. We pray that you'll bless them, bless the, um, bless the baby, God. We just pray for health, and we pray for Taylor. And I just pray this, this is the, their first child, God. So just, just be with them. There's a lot of unknowns, a lot of changes in the season in front of them, God. And they are stepping out in faith, and they are um, just doing what you've called them to you, God. I thank you so much for that, Father. And I pray that... Um, that you'll just continue to give them confirmations. And I pray that you will give them a peace that surpasses all understanding. I pray that you'll meet all of their needs financially, emotionally, uh, all, all their needs, Father. We just pray that you will be glorified, Father. God, we know that you're already setting up um, God-ordained moments for them when they go over to the Ukraine, God. We're, there's people that are, are waiting to hear the word of God, Father. You know, uh, there are people that are, their, their ears are itching. The harvest is, is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so we're asking you to send out your workers into the harvest field, God. We're asking for you to grow our barns so that we can put more harvest into the, into the barns, God. We're, we're just asking for you to just orchestrate the season so that when they're down there that it's fruitful. And, God, we just pray that you'll give them strength to work the ground and work the soil and plant the seeds, Father. We just pray that you'll bring about the, around about them helpers. And, uh, God, we just thank you for their, again, we thank you for their obedience, God. We give you all the glory, God. We give you all the praise. We ask these things in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for speaking. Thanks so much for coming, guys. Have a great afternoon.